So welcome to Square Talk, and this week we are continuing our theme of looking beyond the craft. And with us today, I'm very pleased to welcome from the Mark degree, Phil Mann, the Provincial Grandmaster, Don Peacock, the past Deputy Provincial Grandmaster, and Peter Gibson Leach, the Provincial Grand Secretary. Morning to you all. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, Richard. Um, can I uh, thank you on behalf of the past Deputy Provincial Grandmaster, Worshipful Brother Don Peacock, and the Provincial Grand Secretary, Worshipful Brother Peter Gibson Leach, and myself for inviting us to speak to your listeners about the Mark Master Mason's degree. My pleasure. Let's see how it goes before you thank for any more. <laughs> uh, now, before we jump into the questions about the Mark degree itself, just for the audience, because the audiences consist of you know, Freemasons from around the province, plus far and wide, and potentially non-Freemasons as well. So could you just introduce yourselves and perhaps your journey in masonry so far? Uh, yes, thank you, Richard. My name is uh, Philip Mann, and I've had the uh, pleasure for the last four years and honour to be the Provincial Grand Master of the Mark Province of Leicestershire and Rutland. It means that I am the leader of the Mark degree in this province. My journey in Freemasonry was a little unconventional because the first progressive order I joined was the Mark. My reasons for this were simply because my grandfather was a Mark Master Mason and in my early years in the craft, I met and held in veneration highly respected uh, brethren who I knew were members of the Mark degree. Of course, I should say that in uh, my thirst for Masonic knowledge, it was not long before I was exalted into the Holy Royal Arch and most of the other progressive degrees. With the assistance of Don and Peter, it is our opportunity or even mission to explain a little of what the Mark degree is about and perhaps even tempt some of you to become members. Right, well, on to me. I'm Don Peacock speaking and uh, I'm the past Deputy Provincial Grandmaster in the Mark province. I was initiated in Hinckley in uh, 1975, which seems an extraordinary length of time to me. That's, that's two years after I was born, but I, I won't rub that in. <laughs> don't, don't mention that. <laughs> and then, uh, not long after, I was advanced into the Mark degree, which is sort of traditional in Hinckley, uh, and then exalted into the chapter. Uh, and over the years, I've done various jobs. I was provincial secretary in the craft for three years. And then not long after that, I became provincial secretary in the mark. And I did that job for four years. And then I have been deputy for three years in the mark. And now I'm retired. Well, nearly retired because I'm still administrator of the Library and Museum at London Road. I'm Peter Gibson Leach. I became a Freemason and was initiated into Sparkenhoe Lodge in Hinckley in 1997, uh, following in the footsteps of my late father. I uh, became a, a Royal Archmason in Knights of Malta number 50 in Hinckley, and two months later, in 2004, became a member of the Knight of Malta uh, number 30 Mark Lodge, time immemorial, and then two years later, a member of the Royal Art Mariner Lodge number 30 in Hinckley. Uh, more recently, I suppose, although it seems a while ago now, I joined the Order of Royal and Select Masters in uh, the Leicester Council number 146 in 2011, and I was appointed Mark Provincial Grand Secretary in May 2017. 
So quite a bit of experience between all the three of you then, as, as expected, and the Mark degree in particular. Now, I'm a, a huge fan of Freemasonry in general and the story of where it all began and where it all came from. So those perhaps of our listeners who are not so sure, can you tell our listeners a bit more about the history of the Mark degree? And by that, I mean, where did it come from? Where does it fit into the, the whole story of Freemasonry? And lastly, how does it differ around the world? I'd uh, like to point out that uh, individual Mason's marks have been known for a very long time. In fact, some of them are on the pyramids. But in this country, you can see lots of examples done by operative Masons. And there be, you can see those in cathedrals and many centres around the, this country. Now, coming forward in time to 1600, as uh, a lodge in Edinburgh started to award the mark to non-operative Masons, speculative Masons, who were joining the lodge at that time. Now, we don't know if there was a ceremony or not, but they certainly got the mark as a separate thing. Not everyone got the mark. Now, in more modern times, if you think about uh, 1769 as being more modern, that's when a chapter in Portsmouth, Thomas Dunkley went down and gave the Mark Man and Mark Master degree to companions in that chapter. So we just celebrated 250 years of knowing that there's been a Mark ceremony in this country. At the end of the 18th century in Leicester, the Mark degree was being worked in a craft lodge there and also then shortly afterwards in Hinckley. So we move forward then in time to 1858, when the Mark province was formed in Leicestershire and Rutland, with two new lodges being formed, and shortly afterwards being joined by the Time Immemorial Lodge from Hinckley, uh, which had worked the Mark degree as an independent lodge since about 1823, when they, finally they stopped working it in the craft degree. At the moment, in this province, we have... 16 Mark Lodges and 10 Royal Art Mariner Lodges, all directed by our Provincial Grand Master. And the Royal Art Mariner is a degree that you can take after you've been advanced into the degree of Mark Master Mason. Worldwide, it's a little different because in Scotland, Ireland, and most other parts of the world, you have to have been advanced into the degree of Mark Master Mason before you can take the next step and be exalted into the Holy Royal Arch chapter. In fact, if you go to some lodges, I've sat in a Mark Lodge with lots of English and Welsh Mark Master Masons, and sitting on my right-hand side was a Mark Master Mason from Scotland in his Royal Arch chapter regalia. So, slight difference, but doesn't matter. As far as I'm concerned, they're all part of the whole, and whether you join the Mark or the chapter first, to me, it doesn't matter. You should join them both. As an interesting aside, if you come to the museum at uh, London Road, there's a lovely little sundial there. And that's got some symbols of the craft degree, Holy Royal Arch chapter, and also for Mark Master Mason, made in London, and it's dated 1745. Whether it alludes to the fact that the Mark degree was being worked in London in 1745, I don't know. Anyway, that's just a little summary of where we've got to so far.
So that's our history. That's where the, the Mark degree has come from and how it is, how it is uh, worked differently in different countries. But bring it back to today, and particularly in, in Leicestershire and Rutland, in the craft, we've got nearly 3,000 Freemasons. Some of those will be Mark Master Masons. But for anyone who is about to join or make a decision to potentially join the Mark degree, what do you think they will get out of the order? Well, Richard, the uh, first personal advantage is that you will gain a new set of Masonic friends. How wide this circle is will depend greatly on how close you say to your mother craft lodge. Uh, You will also become better known in the province, and there is no doubt from our personal experiences that uh, this can be of great value to those who are ambitious. The second advantage is the joy you will receive from the wonderful ceremony you will experience and the knowledge, uh, the new knowledge of Freemasonry you will gain, which will enable you to see a wider picture of Freemasonry. The mark and each order you join will in turn open up new opportunities to join even more advanced orders in Freemasonry. The ceremony of advancement is very special. It actually comprises of two parts within the one ceremony and does have some elements that may be seen as humorous. I hasten to add not flippant or lacking in sincerity, but does add to an extra special friendliness. During the ceremony, at least nine members uh, are involved, and at one stage, this will increase to at least 15, if not more. There is therefore a great deal of involvement in the ceremony for many members of the Lodge. Now, I don't wish to uh, spoil it for those who have not already been through the ceremony, but there is a very interesting and dramatic section in the Mark ceremony. And once I had figured out what was going on in my advancement uh, and the part that I was playing in the the drama as a little bit of an entertainer, I fully entered into the spirit of it and made the most of my part. So my recollection uh, is that while I was being advanced, I was already looking forward to the time when I would be taking the candidate round, which is a very enjoyable experience. Again, as in the craft and the Holy Royal Arch, the ceremony is most inspiring when it is learnt, as that is the only way to achieve a full understanding of the order, and of course it inspires others to emulate. However, we all accept that this is not always achievable and Mark Masons will assist and help those who do not make that effect, but uh, may be unable to achieve a level of ritual that they would wish to. As in other orders, we in the Mark degree respect the various needs of our brethren and accept that some brethren who join the Mark wish to stand back from taking office on, on the floor of the lodge and until the time is right for them. As Don has already alluded, uh, we have 16 Mark Lodges in Leicestershire and Rutland. One of the lodges is an installed uh, Master's Lodge, and it may be of interest that one is peripatetic, which means, means it moves around the country, and its membership is drawn from being a motorci- motorcycle enthusiast, and is named after a well-known Isle of Man TT champion, Joey Dunlop. So as well as um, being a member of the craft, to be eligible for membership, one has to be a motorcyclist, or at least having at one time owned a motorbike. The worshipful master's gavel in this lodge is a connecting rod, or a conrod as we call it in the engineering world, from one of Joey Dunlop's racing bikes. I'm biased, but but the fun that we enjoy in the Mark degree leads me to believe that brethren are missing out on another major element of Freemasonry. 
You will hear Mark Mason say that it is a friendly degree. This does not mean that the craft or Royal Arch are not friendly, but I have travelled to many provincial mark meetings and lodges around the country and in this country, and that that, that particularly friendliness prevails throughout. Some mark masons really join because of the charitable works that we do, and uh, some have been inspired by some of the works that we've done. We have a separate Mark Benevolent Fund, and the fundamental difference there is it was founded on the basis that if you give quickly to a cause, then it's almost like giving twice, and that's the motto. And we raise a lot of money, we have a lot of fun doing it. It it spills over. We have lots of social events as well, some of which make money and some are just purely social events. And I think Peter will probably tell you more about some of the overseas trips. It seems to inspire people with wives and partners to want to join in and also others that want to take part in our charitable work. So, Don, you've just mentioned overseas trips, so I'll latch on to that one. And, you know, it's certainly well known in our province that there are organised trips abroad. We get to see the pictures in The Magic of the Mark and in Leicester Square. So how do these trips come about and, and what do you get out of them? It's part of the legacy that I've certainly picked up from the mark um, from previous provincial grandmasters. There's a very strong golden thread of legacy in the Leicestershire Rutland Mark degree on certain traditions and things that we enjoy doing that's made us one of the most successful provinces in the order. We thoroughly enjoy travelling away as a, a delegation of executives to something like 40 to 45 annual meetings a year in other mark provinces for their annual meetings and happy to host them to ours. And some of those um, certainly beg, depending on their location, if they're sort of seaside based or somewhere nice, they beg great opportunity to make something more of it, perhaps a long weekend or even a week or even longer in some cases. And we, we can't quite define it, but we've got an X factor in the mark and the so-called magic of the mark, which really typifies what we think we have. Um, we call them magic of the mark weekends or trips. And uh, for places, we've, we've been around the UK, well, England and Wales uh, for the order. We've been to Guernsey and Jersey, uh, Cyprus. We keep going back to Spain and various other trips. But they, they've, because we have a sort of family orientation in the mark, they've become family weekends uh, for wives and partners. Uh, it allows the Masons to take in a Masonic meeting in another province or district, which is always hugely exciting and, and uh, one of great learning. But the wives and partners equally enjoy it. And I have to say over many trips that I've been on, I know Don preceded me uh, with many trips before I was involved as secretary. It has fostered many close relationships and friendships, not just acquaintances, but deep friendships. And really, we thoroughly enjoy coming together as a group and we're never short of an opportunity to try and find somewhere to go, ideally attached to a Mark Masonic meeting, but not always. That's our overseas trips, and you have mentioned a few around the UK and the British Isles. Now, a little bit closer to home, I've had the pleasure for, I'll say, a number of years now to enjoy the Sandbanks weekend. So how is this organised, and what does it symbolise for the mark? Well, I'll I'll take that one again, because it's really part of the same um, points I was just making. Now, we call it the annual magic of the mark weekend, and um, the original idea for such a weekend was conceived in 1993 by the then Provincial Grandmaster Reg Reader. 
Now, it was under his leadership and vision that heralded the renaissance of the Mark degree in this province, and we've never really looked back. And that legacy has been carried on by his successors, Michael Herbert, Tony Morris, Steve Davison and Phil. Now, in recent years, uh, Worship Brother Rick Morris had brought his special talents to bear in organising everything, and it's always the uh, first weekend in September. This year could prove to be slightly problematical, but we shall see. And in 2018, the weekend celebrated its 25th anniversary. So uh, this, this is uh, something of some longevity, um, and, and long may it be the case. And it really fits within, it's just one of the spots in the year that we are, uh, have become accustomed to that uh, structure the Mark year. And that's everything from trips away, the magic of the Mark weekend, dining evenings, and our very successful uh, Christmas lunch when all the kids from 1 to 92 turn out for a wonderful pre-Christmas day. Yeah, and I, I'm one of those. <laughs> the, kids en- the kids enjoy it as well. <laughs> now, some of the, our listeners will have seen on the local news uh, the story about the Mark Keystone food boxes. It was on the television the other day. Can you tell me how this idea came about and you know, how's it going? Well, if, if I can take that one, it, it's, uh, it's almost seemed like a distant memory now. But if we all recall that uh, slightly scary time when the prime minister had acted all, all, all to go into serious lockdown. And that really fostered a time of, of great worry amongst everybody about um, how we were going to live for the coming weeks and months. Were we going to be able to provide for ourselves in terms of essential provisions? And against that backdrop, uh, Clive Weston, our provincial charity steward, with all his good works at Lutterworth, uh, came up with the idea that if we could identify our most vulnerable Mark Masons, um, along with um, our Mark widows, perhaps we could um, run a scheme where we could uh, get essentials to them on a reasonably regular basis for as long as was necessary. Now, of course, the symbol of our degree is, is the keystone or the archstone, uh, hence keystone boxes. What we wanted to do from the start, we're absolutely clear under Phil's leadership, that we wanted to make a difference at the doorstep. We wanted something to happen quickly and effectively. And looking back now, we've been hugely successful, probably more so than we ever realised. In terms of the scheme itself, um, I'm doing all the administration and working closely with Clive who's uh, heading up the implementation from Lutterworth. Now, Clive will be the first to admit quite rightly that this is a a huge team effort. uh, And what a team. Um, It's just got a wonderfully natural fit. Nobody has to try at this. We're all getting thoroughly enjoyed with it. So Clive and Rachel Johnson, the events and hall manager at Lutterworth, and uh, stakeholder partners at Morrison's who are, are providing the provisions, and many, many volunteers from the mark in terms of driving, uh, delivering the boxes, uh, packing the boxes ready for delivery, has all that's really been the, the, the root of the success. Now, we, we ran a pilot uh, to see if our brilliant idea was going to work. Ideas are fine, but they have to work in practice. We ran a pilot back in April, which was funded from the Provincial Grandmaster's Discretionary Fund to acquire the various bits and pieces. And then uh, we got something like 50 volunteer drivers from the Mark degree. Well, they, that was from day one. Quite wonderful. That was a success. And we uh, put a proposal into the Mark Benevolent Fund in London for some funding to run a, an extensive scheme. And they granted us uh, £10,800 to do six box drops of 90 boxes every fortnight Sunday. The last Sunday will be on the 5th of July. The scheme concludes then. The real joy, even at this stage, with the national situation changing regarding access to food and and help, etc. Even now, the the pleasure and joy from the faces of the recipients on the doorstep, it really has made such an impact on the drivers. 
they've not only been able to uh, liaise with both Mark Masons and widows who perhaps haven't, to be fair, perhaps haven't heard from Masonry or the Mark degree for some many years when the husband's passed away. And the drivers have really been moved by that. And I, I, I can fully acknowledge that. Um, and of course, more recently, uh, with the personal recognition by the most worshipful Grand Master of the scheme, which is quite wonderful, uh, as you mentioned, the, um, the bit on East Midlands today, BBC News, um, and uh, an award from uh, Leicestershire Cares as having been a, a significant part of helping citizens of Leicestershire during um, very difficult times. Now, if I can also mention uh, in parallel with that, there's been the, the national, whereas the Keystone Box scheme is peculiar and specific to Leicestershire and Rutland, um, nationally in the Mark degree, <clears throat> there's a separate scheme running uh, tier three mugs. Uh, we've we've sold about 150 mugs in the last four weeks, and a significant part of the cost of those mugs uh, goes back to the Mark Benevolent Fund to the centre. It's a bit of fun. Uh, that was the intention, but boy, uh, everybody was after a bit of fun by the looks of things. So we're very very pleased with uh, with the way that's gone. And also um, another initiative in the Mark being um, sourced out of the province, the Mark province of Kent, uh, for um, PPE face shields. One of the brothers down there uh, has a, um, contacts with a, a business. They've been manufacturing face shield, PPE face shields for um, distributing out to the Mark provinces for onward distribution. And uh, Don, we, we've, um, we've just received the second batch of shields and Don's administering that. And uh, we decided collectively that the best approach for those would be to uh, share them out amongst the care homes in the province, in which we know that um, our uh, either our vulnerable brethren and their partners are residing in there, or the widows of Mark Masons. Um, and I think it's fair to say, Don, they've been very gratefully received. Absolutely, yes. Well, when we took a substantial quantity to Denshire Court, and they were delighted. We received a lovely letter from them. And we then dispersed the remainder around all the, the care homes, as you say, and everywhere I went, uh, taking them and other people went. We are really, really pleased. Because at the time, uh, care homes weren't getting the personal protection equipment that they needed. So it was desperately needed and well, very well received. May I, may I just um, finish off um, on this point by just um, on behalf of um, everybody that's been involved, um, thank you so much for your time and energy and enthusiasm from day one in the Keystone Box Scheme. Uh, it's been hugely fulfilling for every one of us in different ways. And in some regards, it'll be quite sad to see the end of it on the 5th of July, but all good things have to come to an end. But we will, we have pledged to uh, review and explore other potentials for other charitable schemes, perhaps over the summer and into the autumn. So uh, I think it's a case of perhaps watch this space. So based on the answers that you've just given, uh, I suspect I might have an inkling to the to the answer to this next question I've got for you, which is which is around the suspension of Masonic activities, which happened in March. Have you all been taking it easy and putting your feet up in the garden, or have you been busier than ever? Yeah, well, uh, Richard, by no means is that the case. Uh, you'll appreciate that uh, the, uh, the the Keystone Box uh, operation and the Tier 3 mugs took a lot of organisation. And I, I am, uh, let me record my, my thanks to all those, the drivers, to, to Clive, to Peter, and to everybody at Lotterworth who took part in that operation. It's been a, a wonderful success, and uh, please accept my thanks to all those involved. 
but Richard, yes, the uh, shutdown has uh, involved us in, well, me especially, the Provincial Grand Masters um, decided that they would like a, a fortnightly uh, Zoom conference with which to talk about matters that uh, are going on amongst the provinces. So that's been a fortnightly uh, occurrence. Uh, the, uh, the regular newsletters containing information to the brethren have had to be compiled and sent out by the uh, provincial secretary and the, uh, the deputy uh, secretary, uh, Roger Whale, and I do thank them for that. Um, the fortnightly Zoom uh, meetings of the province executive, that's uh, an innovation that we took upon about ourselves to, uh, to keep us uh, uh, aware of what was going on in the, uh, in the province. And um, not being able to hold a uh, provincial grand meeting, because our, our meeting should have been held on the, May the 12th, we had a get-together of all the uh, provincial officers' active appointments for that year, for this year, at a Zoom meeting, and also to include the, uh, the new provi Deputy Provincial Grandmaster, uh, Worshipful Brother Andy Lee. Uh, and to welcome them all to the uh, to the province. Uh, the planning for the uh, exit from the general suspension has also had to be uh, addressed, and uh, we, uh, as soon as we get information, we act on that, uh, and as well as keeping in touch with our sick or elderly brethren via the provincial area and lodge almoners. So by no means has it been a holiday. <laughs> I, I suspected that might have been your answer, and I'm, I'm glad it glad it was. Uh, may, may, Richard, may I just pick up on one point Phil finished off with there? One thing, a, a, a byproduct of the Keystone Box scheme, which which really we haven't seen coming in terms of identifying our widows who could then be recipients of Keystone boxes, with the help, as Phil said, of, of what we we called area almonds, which were temporary appointments of four of our senior brothers to work with and coordinate the work of the lodge almoners from uh, with a list of about uh, 70 widows that we started with, which were our matter of provincial record. Within four weeks, the list had grown to over 120 um, with the good work of the Lodge Almoners and the intermediaries and a lot of, a lot of investigative work. Uh, we did increase the number of widows that regrettably had sort of slipped off the list over the years. And uh, we were able at the same time to work out were they out of the province living were they living with family? Were they residents in a care home? Or were they living in their own homes? It's been a hugely, if nothing else came out of the scheme, it's been hugely beneficial in terms of putting together and creating and updating a master list of all our marked widows in Leicestershire and Rutland. And that really is a huge springboard for now what the Lodge Almoners can do in the next period. Now, what message would you like to leave for our fellow Mark Master Masons around the province? And also, what would you like to say to anyone who's perhaps thinking of joining? Uh, well, Richard, the, uh, the Holy Royal Arts Chapter is the official conclusion of the craft masonry. But some masons consider the mark to be the next regular step. And that the mark degree actually helps crafts masons to a better understanding and meaning and significance of the holy royal arch ritual i've heard so many times in my conversations with members who have joined the mark when they've made the uh, comment about the degree their enjoyment and fellowship are enjoyed by all I've already alluded to the mark being described as a friendly degree and those who are members will certainly endorse that it's one of the few degrees in masonry, but parts of the ritual allow you to have a little, shall we say, fun or lightheartedness during the ceremony, without it being in any way reducing the integrity or dignity of the degree.
It is therefore my mantra that we should smile, enjoy ourselves, and when the evening is over, we return home and ask ourselves, when is the next meeting, or when can we come again? Being the, large, the uh, third largest order in this province, and most lodges meeting four, only four times a year, visiting other lodges uh, is actively encouraged, and to some brethren attending other Mark Lodges is as important to them uh, as attending their own Mark Lodge, thus perpetuating lifelong friendships with reciprocal visits. As we have heard from Peter, the social side is a very important part of our Mark provincial calendar. Our provincial charity steward, Worshipful Brother Clive Weston, and lodges organise a number of social and fundraising events during the year. Trips to visit provincial and district lodges overseas are also organised events. Tours of India and Sri Lanka have uh, also proved to be very popular when organised by uh, very worshipful brother Gansham Patel. It's all part and parcel of the magic of the mark. We are rightly proud of our charity giving, charitable givings, um, be it from the MBF or, the, or my provincial discretionary fund. The uh, MBF in recent years have funded a RNLI lifeboat in Wales named Mark Mason, Hope for Tomorrow mobile chemotherapy units around England and Wales, blood bikes and vehicles, and the St John ambulances or treatment units to each province in England and Wales, and the Channel Islands. Not to mention the refurbishment of many hospice, hospice kitchens and heating systems. In my own uh, provincial uh, discretionary fund, I've been very pleased that we uh, have uh, used funds to uh, give help to special needs children, uh, where we've joined with the Masonic Fishing Foundation uh, to give uh, children a morning's fishing by a lake, uh, often helped by Mark Masturbation volunteers to sit with the children. And a lunch has been provided with certificates and medals and the children have enjoyed it to the full. And all I get from that is when can we come again, which is most encouraging. Uh, finally, if a, a message to our brethren, it has been proved by those in other provinces that uh, new members don't come from marketing, promotions or advertising or even talks. 90% of our members join because somebody asked them. People join because something about a lodge interests them or they think that it will satisfy their needs. So please, when having listened to this podcast, please do ask members of your craft lodges to join our fellowship. To those who have never been asked, please seek out a Mark Master Mason who would propose and second them to advance their experience into the degree. The provincial yearbook contains all the memberships of lodges and dates and venues of meetings. And if all fails, then please do contact a member of the executive or myself. Likewise, please do support the craft. Never let us forget that Mark members are drawn from members of the craft. So my conclusions, look after your members and make sure they're happy with their membership. Advertising and promotion activities raise awareness, but rarely bring in new members. Your new members will come from your efforts, not mine. Lodges have to be attractive to members. And as said, lodges have to meet the needs and the expectations of every member. You won't necessarily know the reasons why people leave, but monitor attendance and respond quickly if a member doesn't attend. You cannot leave growth to chance. You need a plan. Members in all degrees, please bear in mind and caution that if 
the lodge fails to meet their needs, interests or expectations, then members will leave. Can I just uh, finish off with three points of my own? Put simply, come and take your mark, enjoy it, and make another essential advancement in your own Masonic journey. Don, anything to add? Well, just one thing. Um, as I've been a visitor to various Mark Lodges over the last seven or eight years, I'd just like to say what I always say at the festive board at the end. We're so lucky in this province to have a very good relationship between the craft, Holy Royal Arts Chapter and the Mark. All the leaders get on very well together and I think they're all in all degrees and orders. And remember, it isn't a competition. We don't want to entice people into the mark. We'd like them to do all of the degrees and orders and to get a full perception of the whole lovely history and ritual of masonry. Now, sadly, we are out of time, but I would like to thank all three of you for giving up your time to record this podcast. So I wish you all well and hope to see you again in person very, very soon. Thank you. Thank you very much, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Thanks, Richard.